Hello, what's going on everyone? I'm John Hasselbauer, golf writer for thelines.com and we are back here at From the Tips for the first video of the new FedEx Cup Fall Series. It's been about a month since the last From the Tips video, which I believe the last one was at the BMW Championship. Um, not much has changed in the golf world since then. I think this time last year there was a lot of live conversation dominating headlines and then like President's Cup speculation. I guess you could say there's been some Ryder Cup speculation with the teams being announced since the BMW Championship, since my last uh, opportunity to record a video, but I'm not going to spend too much time on Ryder Cup this week. Um, I, th I think the, the captain selection, by and large, kind of made sense. Um, you know, Sam Burns may be a controversial last man on. Uh, Adrian Moronk may be a controversial last man off for the European team, but... Again, I, I think the, the selections were sensible. I think it's going to be a good matchup, and I do plan to put out uh, a little bit more content, hopefully you know, a video breakdown as well as uh, a betting primer article for Ryder Cup in the coming weeks. Um, but for this week, it's all about Fortinet. Uh, usually I'll, I'll kick off these videos talking about the week that was, but it's really just been an off-season uh, of two weeks, and now we're back. Uh, I've appreciated the time off. Good chance to reset, although I've really spent every minute of not uh, researching golf, just wedding uh, and honeymoon planning because I'm, I'm one month away from that. Um, but with this new fall series, it actually kind of played very, like coincidentally, very well into my own personal schedule because um, there's there's only seven events between now, which is the second week of September and the end of the year, uh, with the last event concluding at the RSM Classic uh, towards the end of November. So um, there's only seven events and in these seven events under the new fall series, the new goal is, uh, essentially jockeying for position, picking up where the, uh, FedEx standings left off before the playoffs and, uh, just trying to get yourself into the top 125. So somebody like Justin Thomas, who finished the year at number 71 or number 72, one or two strokes, uh, or points out of the St. Jude playoff. Uh, he'll now start as essentially the top rated player in this fall series. Uh, and there's sort of two goals of the fall series. One is to maintain full PGA tour status by staying in the top 125. Um, so that's, you know, the top 55 players uh, outside the top 70 who are still playing. You need to stay in the top 55 over these, um, over these next seven events in the fall. And then there's also the top 10 finishers with the carryover standings um, from the previous year's uh, FedEx uh, standing rankings. Uh, the top 10 players who are essentially number 70 to 80, they will qualify for the signature events in the same way those who, who made the playoffs have. So there is incentive at the bottom of the board to get into that top 125 for your journeymen players who aren't necessarily like competing to win the FedEx Cup championship, but want to maintain their, their tour card. So there's incentive for that and then there's incentive at the top for a player like a justin thomas to want to keep playing in these fall events if you didn't make the playoffs um the year before and just make sure that you do qualify for the signature event so just because you miss the playoffs doesn't mean you completely miss out on those uh benefits that come with making the playoffs there's a second opportunity if you play in all these events um to still get in the signatures so i think it, it was really confusing how it was positioned um, at first with this new fall series, but I actually really like the format. Um, it, it, it's pretty appealing betting wise. And we'll look at the board. Like there's pretty good odds throughout the board. And I think the talent is not great. So it, 
it actually makes it a little bit easier to narrow down on players who still have pretty good odds. I'm excited to bet this fall series, and, and we had a good fall last year. I believe we had three winners over like a two-and-a-half-month stretch, which is uh, something I will always take. So um, that is the precursor for the fall uh, fall series and, and all the changes that have come with it. Um, now just turning the page to Fortnite Championship. Um, I've got on my screen here the Lions homepage. You can always go to thelions.com. Uh, while you're at thelions.com, make sure you do hit this button up here so you can subscribe to the Discord channel. Or not, not subscribe, it is free, so you can join that Discord channel at no cost. You can follow the Lions on Twitter up here. Um, you can also make sure that you are, while on the YouTube page, uh, subscribe to that as well so that you're getting the post notifications uh, whenever a new NFL video comes up or a new one of these videos comes up as well. Uh, on the topic of NFL, you can see on the homepage it is just dominating our coverage here. This is, I, I believe it's auto um, generates based on the most popular articles that people are reading. So obviously I'm very cognizant that we are now in NFL season. It is mid-September and everyone who likes sports and likes betting in America is fixated on NFL. So I'm totally fine with golf taking a little bit of a backseat in this time of year. I am also spending a lot of my free time just looking into NFL reading these articles uh, sincerely. I, I think the, the the analysis from a betting lens uh, on the lines is tip top and they have videos on this YouTube channel and, uh, you know, recurring podcast um, breakdowns of the slate every week. So highly encourage you guys, if you have not checked out the, the NFL content on the lines, give it a look. Um, but yes, because it is just totally dominating the fall, I, I have taken that into account with my content my content as well. I'll switch over here now to um, my tournament preview article, which is right here. And just as a reminder, you can always go to odds golf and it will be right here. Fortnite preview Fortnite odds um, for your ease of use, uh, especially since it will not be at the very top of that carousel of during NFL season. Um, since we are competing with NFL the PGA Tour understands that. That's why the stars aren't really here. Um, I, I've made an effort to make these articles more concise, more straight to the point. I'm going to try to do the same thing with the videos as well. Um, time is a precious commodity, and it's hard to share that with both NFL and golf. Um, I, my research process is still the same. I still put the same amount of time and effort into building the model, looking at previous years, you know, trends, pulling what has and has not worked for myself in past years of betting the Fortnite championship. So none of that has really been, you know, cut corners per se. Um, in the content, it's really just uh, less wax poetic, less, uh, you know, less thorough description of course, course background, course history, things that are not one-to-one -one core, like one-to-one -one helpful in you making an informed betting decision or DFS decision. So a little less fluff, straight to the point. Uh, brevity is the soul of wit, as we all know. So hopefully in a more condensed format in the fall, this is still uh, just as useful. And you guys can uh, go through these articles, check out the field at a glance, a quick introduction and you know, one or two paragraphs of everything that matters at this course. Um, course history, very, very straightforward. And then key stats, I, I'm not necessarily going into every individual stat, but, uh, taking the, the combo stats that I think are still important and going to be useful. I'm keeping the correlations in these articles, keeping the spotlight and, uh, keeping the player pool. So 
pretty much it's the same information, but hopefully a little bit more straightforward and more digestible now that um, we're competing with the NFL. Um, so that is a, a background on content adjustments for the fall. And then once we get to century at the turn of the year, we'll, we'll be back to the normal thorough in-depth, uh, preview articles for Fortnite championship. Uh, I'm going to share the odds page now. Cause I think that's a little bit more pointed to, um, you know, a, a condensed, uh, walkthrough of the, the things that matter most for the purpose of this video. Um, Silverado Resort and Spa is the host course of this event. It's been there since I want to say 2007, previously known as the Safeway Open, fries.com before that. Um, now the Fortnite over the last three or four years uh, in the Fortnite era, Max Homa has been pretty dominant. He's won the last two years. Um, before that, Brendan Steele had been very dominant here. He'd won back-to-back -back years. Um, so definitely a ball strikers course, uh, and, and a course that really rewards players who have connections to California, particularly, uh, you know, proven performance on POA greens. Um, if you've putted well at Riviera or Torrey Pines or Pebble beach, that has proven to be a pretty good indicator here. And if you're just generally comfortable playing at home in front of the home crowd to kick off your year in Napa Valley in wine country. Uh, there's something about that that uh, just seems to reward those California homers a little bit more as kind of a subjective narrative, but it is something that I think holds a little bit of weight. Um, as far as Silverado, the course is just under 7,200 yards as a par 72. One of the, I think it's one of the forgotten short course plotter courses on the PGA Tour. You don't really think of this as a positional Harbortown type of course. Um, and it's interesting because players like, Cameron Champ have won here. Even Stuart Sink, when he won here, was kind of all bombing um, and just driver-heavy chasing distance. So it's not a course that forces the driver out of your hand, but it is a course where if you're pounding fairways, you can score very well here. The, the approaches are funneled inside 125, really in that 75 to 125 range. So a lot of wedges, not a lot of long irons. Um, so if you're a, a good approach player, but you're primarily good because of you know, proximity 200 plus that stat does not matter this week. And that's something I'm trying to use to hone in on the top players. Uh, and also with this being a short course with four par fives, par five score is very, very crucial. That's something that Max Homa has always leaned on. He's, he's always been a good par five scorer and he's been top five leading into this event and par five scoring each of the last two years when he won. So definitely looking at par five scoring wedge play, POA putting, uh, I'm not necessarily tied to all of the short positional comp courses for this, um, because I do believe, uh, a, a variety of different types of profile players can win here, whether you're a bomber, or whether you're uh, a plotter who, who hits a ton of fairways. Um, and then just to quickly touch on comp courses, it, it's kind of a unique one. Like I was saying, it is short, but it's not super positional. I think TPC San Antonio might be my favorite comp. And as I was going down the list of players that I liked for this event, a lot of them, just confirmation bias, had good results at uh, the Valero Texas Open earlier this year, or last year, I should say. Um, so TPC San Antonio, a little bit longer of a course, definitely more drivers there, but a course where if you miss the fairway narrowly, narrowly you're okay if you miss the fairway by a wide margin, you're going to be punching out of trees. That's kind of the case here. Um, distance is helpful, um, but if you're erratic, you're going to you're you're going to be in trouble. So just good total driving, I think, is fairly important, and driving accuracy 
uh, more important than than driving distance on this course. Um, I've put in some other California courses like Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, Riviera. That's strictly for from a short game perspective, just to reference how players are putting on POA at those venues. Uh, TBC Twin Cities and Wiley, uh, I'm putting in here as just kind of overlap of players who've won at both. So um, somebody like a Cam Champ won at the 3M Open um, by way of just elite driving. Uh, Renan Steele has played his best golf at the Sony Open. And here, Ches Revy is another player who top 10 in course history at both Wiley and the Fortinet Championship. So um, a little bit all over the place because there are there's not one way to play this course. So not a week that I'm going all in on comp course history. I do think course history in and of itself works because it's such a longstanding event. Uh, but I'm using that as a secondary reference point this week um, for, for players who've had overlapping success there. And then lastly, I'm just going to touch on betting history because I think this actually paints a pretty good picture of what we should expect um, from the types of players who can win here. So Max Homa has obviously won in back-to-back years. Brendan Steele also won in back-to-back years in 2016 and 2017. Whenever we have multiple repeat winners within a 10-year look back, that just tells me that course history is going to be pretty sticky here. Um, And there's a certain uh, formula a player can come in here, um, a game plan, and uh, and if they stick to it, they'll, they'll see repeated results. So... I do think Max Homa is live for a three-peat. He's definitely the prohibitive favorite this week at 8-1, to one, I believe. The only single-digit odds in the field. And I believe Justin Thomas has double his odds as the next shortest. So um, it's definitely Homa's to win. And it's crazy to say that because he's had a, a good year, not a dominant year. And there's 156 people in this field. Uh, but it is very top. Yeah, I, I struggle to even call it top-heavy. But at the bottom, it's it's not uh, very competitive at the bottom half of this board. So uh, he's got a very good chance to win this in the sense that the competition is not as strong as it has been in recent years. Um, and then when we look, you know, after Homa, Stuart Sink, Cam Champ, Kevin Tway, these are all, I would say, bombers. And, and Stuart Sink doesn't really seem like a bomber, but when he won in 2020, it was all like distance speed sh- speed training uh, in the offseason leading into that. So I do think there is value on distance. That's why I'm not really getting hung up on fairways gained or driving distance in a vacuum. I'm kind of weighting both and generally just leaning towards ball striking. Um, and, and in general, I would say, you know, Homa won here at 15 to one. That was the only instance of anybody shorter than 28 to one winning this event over the last 10 years. So definitely an event, just given the nature of this being the first event post uh, off season. A lot of volatility. You don't know what guys have been doing over the offseason. Some have been grinding. Some have been taking a step away. And and for some people, it's good to take a step back. For some people, it's good to grind. So um, a lot of volatility. You never know. Some people have new clubs, new equipment, new putter, um, new techniques, all, all these sorts of things. You don't know what, what to expect. So this is not a week that I like to pay up for a favorite. Um, but, you know, teach their own. Um, okay, now we will skip ahead to the model for this week. I'll quickly touch on the key stats um, that I put in the model, and then we will go through my top 10 and the guys that I bet. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the rationale for the guys that I bet, because that will be in my uh, final bets article, which will be out on Wednesday afternoon. Um, so in terms of prioritization of stats, I'm just going to zoom in a little bit more here. Uh, starting with the strokes gain approach, if you look at the leaderboards over the last few years, it's 
no surprise, but the guys who come to the top are the ones who gain the most strokes on approach. Um, so that's very important this week. I do have comp course history here at a little bit less weight than I typically put, uh, followed by birdies are better gain, strokes gain, ball striking. I've got POA both or putting both on POA and over the last 36 as a blend. I've got individual course history just to put that additional emphasis on past results of this event with it being so repeatable. Um, strokes getting around the green, a little bit of a misleading stat here because it is some of the easiest, um, you know, like uh, structures, greenside complexes, there's the word, um, to chip around. So you don't need to be a skilled player around the green, but you probably need to gain some strokes around the green, uh, particularly on the par fives where you're kind of going up and down for birdie because they're reachable. Um, so I am going to put a little bit of weight on that. And then I have the weighted proximity 75 to 125. Short par four scoring. Um, this is a recent form stat. So just because we're kind of resetting, I've got strokes gain total over the last 36 rounds. Um, and then strokes gain off the tee, par five scoring to round it out. Um, putting that all together in the model, I'll zoom in a little bit further. And the top 10 is Max Homa, Doug Gim, surprisingly at number two. Uh, Nate Lashley, also surprisingly at number three, followed by Justin Thomas, four, Andrew Putnam, five. Kevin Streelman, six, Ches Reeve, seven, Steven Yeager, or Steven Yeager, number eight, Cam Davis, nine, and Eric Cole, number 10, to round it out. Um, next, I will filter this to the guys that I've actually bet. And you can see this week, I've got seven players on the card. It is the first event of the season, so I do expect a little bit of volatility. I do think some guys towards these 50 to 100 range are are live this week. Beyond 101, it gets very dicey because there's just not a lot of talent in this field. So I don't really trust super long shots to get it done. But somebody in, that, in the top half of this field, the top 75 players in this field, let's call it, uh, I do think they are all viable and live to win. Um, from the order of the model is Nate Lashley third, um, in this model who I guess I began my card with, but I bet him at 90 to one, um, always plays well in easy events and a good birdie maker. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, Kevin Streelman, I got a good number at 66 to one. I think consensus towards the end of the week came closer to 50, um, somebody with great course history. And just a good fit, finished runner-up at the 3M Open two starts ago. So, um, yeah, I, there's a lot of dicey players in here. He's a veteran that I can trust to, you know, be gritty towards the end. Um, if he's in contention, contention, it's been a while since he last won, but he's been kind of circling the drain um, this past season. Steven Yeager was my spotlight player of the week. I was happy to get a 30-1 to one on him. I could have easily seen him at 20-1 to one being like the, the fourth favorite after... Homa Thomas the gala. So in, in many instances, he was the, the fourth favorite. Um, and most weeks, the fourth favorite is like 12 to one. So kind of a testament to how thin this, uh, this board is, but I think 30 to one is very good value on him. Great uh, from T to green and kind of trending with the putter. Brendan Todd, we are on a course that's less than 7,200 yards. So that means that he is in play. Um, actually get, became a little shaky with the putter, which is usually his strong suit. I expect that in the, uh, Offseason, he's dialed that up, and we should expect some pretty consistent ball striking. Always one of the most reliable fairway finders and a solid iron player. Uh, JJ Spawn, this is a little bit of an uncomfortable number at 38 to 1, but I do like that TBC San Antonio comp where he won. He's a California guy, grew up here, went to school in San Diego. 
uh, which is not here, but it's still in California. So he's used to POA. Um, and the putting is really something that used to be a strength of his game and he kind of fell out of it last season. So I do expect some good regression there. Um, a familiar home game, uh, at least in the state of California. So I'll, I'll take a short ish number on spawn. I, I think it's actually a good spot for him. And he looked good at the Barracuda the last time he was in California. Uh, Akshay is another player who looked good at the Barracuda. He won it. Um, it's actually my last outright that I hit. That was about a month and a half ago. Um, just got engaged in the offseason, dialed up a new uh, broomstick putter. He seems to be ready to go on a little bit of a revenge tour. He felt like he deserved to be in the playoffs, and there was some weird uh, rule stipulation that he was actually not going to qualify um, because it wasn't a primary event. Um, so maybe we get a little revenge tour fall swing for Akshay. He dominates and gets himself in the signature events. That would be awesome. Love Akshay. Always root for him. Um, and lastly, Jimmy Walker, a former winner of this event within the last 10 years. Um, has really like become one of the longest hitters on tour randomly for his age. Past major winner, uh, he gained five strokes on approach in his last start um, at the Wyndham. So, you know, maybe a time off for a guy like him, a little bit older, is good. Refresh the muscles and everything. He's 250 to one here, so um, did not have to put too much money on, on that one. But, uh, you know, if he's won here before, we know course history is repeatable and he's kind of turning back the clock with his ball striking. So, why not? He comes to this event uh, pretty often. He knows the course and it seems like it's a pretty decent fit if he's won here before. Okay, that is it. Um, again, fall swing to try to keep these as straight to the point and easily digestible as possible. Um, so a quick video this week. I appreciate uh, everybody for tuning in. Glad to be back in golf season and best of luck with all of your Fortnite championship bets.